Welcome to the family with Alex Brandt, Bernard Rasmussen, uh, Brad Blanks, Hackmaster, Ralph W. Basham, MD, co host Catherine Brandt, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. We'll be right back. Thank you again to Kristen Bird. Always love talking to Kristen. Uh, great show with Brad this hour. We got Augustine Burroughs coming up, one of my favorite writers of all time. Yeah. Phenomenal. He's coming up the last segment of this That's show. That's incredible. So you got to light him yeah. up. Yeah. You know, you and Running With Scissors, yeah. I'm just yeah. telling you. <laughs> he's an amazing... Like, he's, he is a great writer. He's one of the great authors of the world, and he's on your podcast, Tom. You're damn right. That's incredible. Like one of the greatest <laughs> entertainment reporters ever born, Brad no, that, that's funny. You're very kind to say that, but I am a reporter's asshole. Yeah, um, Boy, uh, look at that uh, no, All I'm trying to do is, like, my whole bit, I, I hope there's some information in what I delivered to you and your audience, but all I'm trying to do is get the, get the person I'm chatting to to be funny, and it's the hardest thing, as oh, yeah. you know, oh, oh, when yeah. you deal with a lot of funny people. Uh, trying to get them to turn funny at the right time, and um, I'm going out there trying to interview these um, people and... Just trying to get them to be upbeat and happy and hopefully funny. So I don't think I'm a real reporter, but you're you know, fine. Don't worry about I, I don't mind. Yeah, I, I yeah, I enjoy being an idiot, and I've enjoyed it being an idiot on your show for 18 years. So yeah, it's been long. 2002 was when I started. Yeah, unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah, and the, what a world it is now. Yeah, the whole. Everybody hates business. everybody. Yeah. Tell you what, we'll take a break here. We'll be right back. Brad's entire hour coming up next with the family. Recently, the four Walzer dealerships in Burnsville, Walzer Subaru, Walzer Honda, Walzer Nissan, and Walzer Mazda encountered a hailstorm. Adjusters flew in from around the U.S. to handle a claim on what will be over 2,500 new and used cars. They've drastically reduced the pricing on these vehicles, and there are some wonderful bargains available. But here's the deal. I normally hate the hurry-these-won't-last style of marketing, but in this case, it is true. It's not like they'll go into the back lot at night with hammers and make more. I also usually tell people to check them out online, but in the case of slightly damaged cars, you really do have to see them for yourselves. Stop out to Walzer Mazda, Nissan, Honda, and Subaru just south of the Burnsville Mall on Buck Hill Road. If you really want to, you can tell them Tom sent you, but that sounds kind of dumb. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant.
Cassie's rocking out, ladies and gentlemen. I am. This is an interesting story. I just read the headline, so I don't know where this is going, but this ought to be an interesting story. Dozens of high school students walked out of classes near Portland, Maine on Monday in support of a teen who warned about a rapist in our school and was then suspended for bullying. How do you go from warning of a rapist to bullying? I definitely am ashamed to say I go to Cape Elizabeth High School, this uh, being their reaction. Aila Mansman tells WGME, claiming the three-day suspension violates her right to free speech. As the Washington Post reports, the 15-year-old student activist didn't mention names. And You're 15 years old. You, you're not an activist, okay? You're a loudmouth when like you're 15. Greta. Yeah, Greta Thunberg. Yeah. How about mm. that idiot that said he, he forgot his sniper rifle? Did you see that? Oh. What? Yeah, some guy was asked. He was asked about Greta Thunberg. The yeah. guy said, "No, nah, I didn't go. I, I forgot my sniper rifle." It's oh. a fifteen-year-old girl. Oh like, what goodness. are you doing? Uh, in any case, as the Washington Post reports, a fifteen-year-old student activist didn't mention names in the sticky notes she and two friends posted in two bathrooms on September sixteenth, after what Aila saw as the uh, school's inadequate response to sexual assault allegations. Details are scarce, but officials, school officials who took action in four seven investigations into sexual harassment or assault allegations in the previous school year say there's no rapist enrolled per the Portland... Well, that's good. Hey, we checked the records. We don't have any rapists enrolled in this school. <laughs> well, that's we good got, news. Wow. Yeah. Documented. We got some larceny, but ah, no rapists. <laughs> Well, it says here, this is weird, though. It says the school says when a student's speech bullies another student, we are required by law and by school board policy to investigate and take proper action. But she didn't name anybody. She didn't name the rapist, did she? I don't. So far, I didn't see that she named him well, or sounds, her. It sounds to me like she was just trying to protest the fact that she didn't think this was investigated or, or maybe she was one of the victims. Yeah, maybe. I don't. The school defines bullying in part as creating an intimidating or hostile educational environment. Still, Aila's parents, including a mother who co-founded the National Sexual Assault Prevention Group, Safe Bay, are appealing the suspension. Aila, who can remain at school during the appeal, even walked out with 50 students on Monday in an enduring push for better reporting policies. I am so happy that I don't go to school anymore. Yeah. yeah. So she protested and then took the kids left, walked off. I guess. I guess I don't really understand. She's going to find out the uh, her appeal, wow. the outcome of her appeal tomorrow. It makes me angry that I'm being punished for bullying and a rapist isn't being punished for raping people. Mm. Well, how if the school said that we don't have any rapists in the school, what is she talking about? Well, she, I, I think she's using an extreme word. It sounds to me like there has been some sort of harassment going on in the school. Someone's complained. Yeah. And nothing's been done. I guess. I don't, man. How about this guy we reported on yesterday? Oh, I, I talked to you about it this morning. The guy that sexually assaults one of the bridesmaids is his own wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. 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 And the woman still married the guy. After she found oh. out? She walked in on him when he was doing it. Oh, my oh. goodness. And she still married and him. And she still married What is wrong him? with her? I guess she deserves <laughs> yeah, exactly. him. Exactly. Maybe that's their choice. Maybe oh, they have oh, you know, an open go. relationship. Maybe they you know, have an understanding. He'll be a complete asshole, it, and I'll still know? marry him. I think I caught you reading that part end of that story. Did the, was there, like, a melee going on after? I mean, did she, like, freak out? Well, when here, she I'll, him? I'll read the story. Okay, yeah. It is unbelievable. 
Uh, honest to God, this is absolutely unbelievable. Two days before his wedding, police saw a Pennsylvania groom, or they say a Pennsylvania groom, sexually assaulted a bridesmaid, the morning call reports. The wedding party had been rafting on the Delaware River and perhaps not surprisingly drinking on August 30th. And the 29-year-old bridesmaid told police she was so intoxicated she kept falling off her paddleboard into the water. She was put onto a raft instead and Wait. couldn't... Re- what? <laughs> Why was she on a paddleboard? That's amazing. You're right. That's awesome. <laughs> Tom, this last paragraph was brilliant. It just took a turn. She's paddleboarding. She was paddleboarding. She was rafting and then paddleboarding. Well, so Why? the yeah. wedding party had been rafting on the Delaware River. And then, uh, yeah. but I mean, not paddleboarding. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's true. They're not paddleboarding, but she was paddleboarding. Right. She's very good at her outdoor sports. They're very yeah. leisurely. Yes, yes, she that's true. Jumps from one thing to the next. Andy, what time we got? Out? When did Water we start? Uh, oh, hold on. Just let me know when you restarted. About how ten much minutes. time is left? Almost yeah. ten minutes. Or f- five minutes in. Okay, we're five minutes in. Almost exactly five. Okay, so we got ten to go. We're good mm-hmm. to go. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, she was put on a raft instead and couldn't remember much after that. By the time the group arrived at Monroe County's Shawnee Inn, she says she couldn't stand on her own, and the bride-to-be of 28-year-old Daniel J. Carney uh, asked him to help her to the parking lot. She says she woke up in the men's locker room with Carney biting her and grabbing her. Okay. She then passed out again and says this time she woke up to Carney on top of her with her bikini bottom pulled down. Then the bride-to-be walked in. Hmm. The bride-to-be screamed at Carney, per the bridesmaid, and the police say the couple physically fought. It was chaos amongst the entire wedding party that (laughs) night, and the next day she says, he married, she married him anyway. He's in there raping a woman, and she marries the guy. Did the bridesmaid attend? What? I, did she stay there and yeah, attend the wedding and was yeah, still involved? Apparently, apparently she did. The morning of the wedding, he apologized and asked her to take... Oh, okay. He apologized, guys. But let me, wait till I tell you why he apologized. He, he apologized okay. to her and then handed her a day after contraception. Oh. This guy's a piece of work. Oh, How insane is this person? These two people. Gotta yeah. hope these people don't have children. Oh, oh. Well, he's have, trying like... to stop the child uh, and the bridesmaid yeah. coming. Oh, oh, yeah. At least. Yeah, at least. Like, yeah. What? And then he said oh, to her, after God. he asked her to take the day after her contraception, he asked her, quote, can we just be as happy as possible? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Can we put this behind us? What a jerk. What a psychopath. Is he a Philadelphia Eagles fan? Yeah, he must be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It must be the case. They say they have surveillance tape showing Carney pulling her into the locker room and heard a phone call in which he admitted to raping her. He's been hit with multiple charges, including simple assault. And she still married him. She deserves it, I guess. It'll be like, oh, he was drunk. Yeah. He and they do all the yeah. Oh, just wait. I'm sure probably in about a year's time they're going to be on Dr. Phil or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. They'll be on Dr. Phil. They do all their activities. They have great activities. They're going bungee jumping in New Zealand next month. They couldn't not get married. That's where they're hunting. I'm just making that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> what are you got cooking over white, there, They're doing white water rafting in the Zambezi. I mean, they're very yeah. good at outdoor activities. Ooh, the Zambezi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So, So why did this woman marry him? I don't know. We, uh, it doesn't say anything about her. Well, I, so, so. She punched him in the face, though. I know that. Okay. 
Oh, I've heard all kinds of stories about, you know, the bachelor party. He was so drunk, he didn't realize that he got, you know, a BJ from a hooker. Blah, blah, blah. I've heard all these things that they still marry him. They're so drunk, they didn't know. Well, you know where my bachelor party was? Where? Where? The Metrodome watching the Twins beat the Yankees. Really? No. That's exactly right. Well, Ken, Her- Ken Herbeck hit uh, about a 462-foot home run, too. Yep. Andy's is on Friday, and my husband is hosting it. Oh, there you go. Where is that going to be? Deja vu. Andy will be Andy, down there. I don't even know if Andy joined. knows. <laughs> I don't They're going to be rafting, sure. stand-up paddleboarding. Yeah, he's going to be stand-up paddleboarding. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Stand up yeah. for Andy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah awesome. that'd go over huge, yeah. wouldn't it? That'd go over huge. Hopefully, no molesting. No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not molest. Yeah, no bikinis pulled down, Andy. Keep yeah. your bikinis oh. on. Yeah, yeah. Keep, your, <laughs> keep your bikini on, Andy. That's all there is to it. Uh, we should mention also really sad news. Alex Trebek is going to retire Aww. from Jeopardy because apparently wow. he uh, he is not going to make it. The way it's on. He said it's already affecting his speech because oh. the chemo is giving him sores in his mouth oh. and he slurs his words now. I love Alex yeah. Trebek. 35 years on, on Jeopardy. Done a great job. Great but job. I, I have always, and Jeff Passel was the first one to point this out to me years and decades ago. He goes, next time you watch Jeopardy, watch, because Alex Trebek does this every time. Somebody will make a guess and they'll go, oh, no, I'm sorry, that's not right. <laughs> he just whispers <laughs> at him. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not right. <laughs> the greatest. Oh, man. But I will miss Alex Trebek. I think uh, yeah, he does a hell of a job on that show, and I've been watching it for 35 years, and what are you going to do? Yep. Nice Canadian boy. Who will replace him? That'd be That's it. what I was trying right. to who would, who would want yeah. that job? I mean, it's a yeah. great job. Yeah, in, a, in this modern time, you mean? Like, yeah, like, but I just mean following Alex Trebek in there. It's like, that's a hard, so you can only fall off a cliff. I wonder but, if they'll have yeah. somebody that doesn't pretend that they know all the answers like he does. <laughs> he does pretend he knows all the answers. <laughs> somebody might be like, whoa, you guys are smart. <laughs> You're reading it off a card. Come on. Well, we all know sack. that. But... Did he start the show? Oh, did, yeah, did he? Uh, no, it was Art Fleming was on the first three Art years. Fleming. Art Fleming. Oh, really? Art Fleming oh, no. was on the first three years, and then he went on to do oh, The Joker's Wild or something, and Alex Trebek came in from Canada. I love game shows. They're I so, do, too. They're I still do. so entertaining and fun. Well, Jeopardy, you can actually learn something, yeah. which I really enjoy. Yeah. It seems like people either watched game shows or soap operas. Well, that, that was the other. thing. Like, if you were sick and stayed home from school, yeah. you were watching Prices Right. right. That was kind of the highlight of the day. Yeah. Yes, I'm yeah, sick. True. It sucks, but yeah. I know Prices now right. it's family yeah. feud. There's always family yeah. feud. Oh, yeah. I can't stand him. Though. Like when oh, I was God, I can't. When stand I was sick him. with both my pregnancies, Steve Harvey, yeah. just like Ugh. needing to lay in bed all day long, or else I'd vomit. I had to watch Family Feud because that was all that was on. The problem I have with Steve Harvey is he's one of those guys. His accent changes by the minute. Right. It's like, let's say you know Alex was black and you're you. Yeah. I go. So, uh, you're going to be on a show, going to be doing a great job, and let's get started. Okay, this is Brad Blanks. Okay, you're f- let, what would the man say? And then he turns to the black woman. Well, goddamn. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's Mr. Homie. God, I hate that so Mr. much. Mr. Homie. He's putting on the urban deal. I just, oh, God, it, it annoys me so much, I can't even tell you. 
And when Add the, that to the list, Cassie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another thing that drives Tom nuts. <laughs> what was Louis? What was Louis's time on Family, family Feud? Yeah. He was oh, phenomenal yeah. on family that show. From what? Three years or four years or a long longer? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was about four or five years. Something. Was it that long? I remember one time in the in the, was it the final Family Feud? What is it called on there when they do the final go round? Oh. Oh my gosh! I know the, the lightning round. I don't. know. No, it's not the lightning round. Uh, but the uh, greatest is there was a question and this woman answers it and it was a terrible answer. Not even. And she goes blah blah blah. There's a pause and Louis Anderson goes ah and I wanted you to win. <laughs> <laughs> he blasts her right on national television. Nice. It was very funny. So did you know him then? Louis? Yeah, when he was on Family Feud? Uh, that's when I met him. Right. When he was doing Family Because the reason I remember that is because my mother loved him on Family the, the day I introduced my mother to Louis Anderson, it was like she had gone to heaven. <laughs> she right. thought Louis Anderson. But he, man, did he dote on her. Oh, really? Oh, Louis Anderson. Anytime Toots wanted anything. It's one time he's in town. He's at the Northrop Auditorium, right? Oh, and he goes and gives Toots... A bobblehead doll of him. So she had a bobblehead doll of Louis Anderson and Governor Tim Pawlenty. Those are the two guys she just loved. Even though she's a Democrat, she right. loved Pawlenty. He was a Republican, wow. which was good. And she actually told him, you know, Tim, I love you very much, but I'd never vote for you. Because <laughs> he's Republican, right? That's just that kind of deal. a good way, from a political point of view, the attitude she exactly. had. Exactly. So he can still like the human down. being, but not necessarily like his political views. It's Yes, exactly. That's really yeah, good on her. So I'm sitting over there, and she goes, Louie, we're good friends, and I hope you don't mind if I ask you for a favor. And he goes, anything you need, Toots, whatever you need, we'll take care of it. And she goes, well, I was wondering if I could get uh, some tickets to your show. He goes, absolutely, don't even worry about it. How many do you need? 22. Oh, no. <laughs> she brought everybody in the building. Yeah. She knew. 22 tickets. He's like, oh, 22. God. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's good. So, what's he, so Louis just keeps on working. Like he's crushed the TV game again. I guess yeah. he's got Coming to America 2. which is Coming probably, to America 2 is coming out. Uh, is this film? Do you he, think? He, is that done, or is he filming? Uh, I think he's filming it now. Now, yeah. He's very upset that, that Baskets has come to an end, though. I yeah. just talked to him. Matter of fact, I talked to him on Saturday. I got to call him today, as a matter of fact, because he's asking about a mutual friend. But, um, yeah, he's he's not happy that Baskets is over. He loved no. doing that show. He right. absolutely well, they could do, They could easily do a standalone show with oh, just with his character. Oh, yeah, I And, agree. like, kind of have it in that same vein of, like, Raising Hope. That would be oh, so God, I loved Raising funny. Hope. Like, the writer, like, if you could get the writers from, like, Raising Hope and, what is his character named, Christine? Is that yeah. what it was yeah. in Basket? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do something like that with Louie. That would be oh, God. funny. What was that again? Raising Hope, the baby was born because of a serial killer mother yeah. having sex with a guy on a date. Yeah. yeah, in a van. In a van, yeah. Well, it wasn't wow. even She's a date. She was a serial killer, wasn't she? She was running away from a guy that she was trying to kill, but she acted like oh, she was the victim. Right. And she crawled into his van, and next thing you know, the van was the a rock and don't rockin', come a knock. Really? And Hope came along. That's right, and then Hope came along. Raising Hope, the daughter of a serial killer. Oh, that show is so funny. <laughs> the great show. It's a What's great show. What's that guy's name? Bert? The Which dad? guy? I'm looking it up. The, the dad. The dad oh. of Hope. Oh, oh it's um, I can see his face. Oh Lucas Neff. Lucas Neff has played, he, he played the oh, lead his... character. Jimmy. 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 Jimmy in the show. Yeah, Jimmy. 
Yeah. That was Lucas Neff. Yeah, he was Lucas really good. Lucas Neff. Has he been in anything since then? I think one other thing, but I can't remember it. I don't, I don't know. If, oh, we got to take a break here. We will be right back in a couple of minutes with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast, that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't like (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. If you're one of those folks out there still putting up with contact lenses or dealing with glasses, think just for a moment, what would it be like to wake up to a clear morning and experience your day with all the freedom LASIK brings? Well, I'm living proof. That dream can come true. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With the new year right around the corner, it's time to set your sights on 2020 vision. Get $500 off LASIK through the end of the year at Whiting Clinic. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contacts, then it's time for you to find out if you're a candidate for LASIK. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com for your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Imagine 2020 by 2020 and let 2020 be your best year yet with $500 off LASIK at Whiting Clinic. Offer expires December 31st, 2019. Both eyes only cannot be combined. Results may vary. Another witch. When I look out my window. Love Donovan. Now we're talking. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Toil and Trouble, a memoir. Augustine Burroughs, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing very, very well. You changed my life forever with Running With Scissors. I will tell you that. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I hope for the better. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. uh, I thought... Okay, because I've heard the other way, you know. Oh, you have? Some people didn't like it? No, people have been... um, People have been great. People have been great. Good. Well, I'm glad to hear that because I, uh, how long ago was Running With Scissors released? Like 50, 50 years, it seems like. I don't know if it's been 50 years, Augustine. 2002. You know what's horrible is I, I think of myself as exactly the same age now yeah. as I was when I wrote Running With Scissors, and I live in Connecticut. And we don't really own mirrors, you know, because, like, it's rural. We're not in the fancy Martha Stewart part of Connecticut. <laughs> we're, in, we're in the our Kmart just closed part of Connecticut. Oh, so that's too bad. That's too bad. It's, I love it because you don't have to dress up to go out to get groceries. You can just go in your yard, you know. So it's a shock to be on the book tour because I'm near all these very clean things, all these reflective surfaces. And I keep catching these glances of this horrifying animal following me. And it's like, oh, it's me. I've aged like 25 years since the last time I looked in a mirror. 
Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. You know, one thing that that I learned very quickly from running with scissors and and several other, of course, books. How many books do you have out now? It's got it's a ton of them. Um, so, Twilight Trouble makes number ten. Number ten. Wow. Yeah, there you go. That's wonderful. I know, it's a lot. What I really like about nine of them are memoirs. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, that but that's what that's what I was going to say. Your honesty makes these memoirs very very special, and I, that's what what struck me when I first started reading your books is this man is absolutely honest about everything, and I really admired that, and it kind of taught me a lesson Thank in you. life. Let's just be honest about everything, and people will do really well if you just be honest. You know what I find, too, is that when you, tell, when you are honest, so many more people relate. You can relate to so many more people than... Yep. I remember I was on a book tour during the, um, the Bush-Gore election where uh-huh. the country was like... Divided. Was, remember the news back then? It was all red states and blue states and like yep, yep. civil war, and we all hate each other. And I was on a book tour, and I never knew what color state I was in because everyone was really basically the same. I mean, it was the same. We were the same. It was the same. Um, yeah, political differences aside, the things we want are all pretty much the same love, yeah, yeah. security, good things for kids, the kids, you know, no crazy people, you know. I mean, it's so. It, it's just, I find that just um, when I tell the truth about my life and the mistakes I've made or the embarrassing things that I've done, and I've done a lot, I've made a, horrible, a lot of horrible mistakes, and I've, you know, my behavior's been terrible in a lot of ways. I'm not, I'll put it, I put, I, you know, I, that, that goes in the book. That's why and I love your writing. Relate to it because, you know, everyone has had their moments when they're not, you know, not perfect. Well, and that's exactly it. But uh, I think, to tell you the truth, uh, again, looking back, uh, all so you said 2002 for the last 17 years or 18 years or whatever it's been now. Uh, and that did strike me. And that's what I look for. And you don't, you know, it's interesting you brought up, you brought up that book tour you were on because we're back in that whole situation with red states and blue states and everybody hates one another. And oh, I, I know. And I, I do a morning talk show as well. And I'd love to, by the way, book you on the morning talk show, too, because that has a, a really big audience, and I'd like to sell even more books for you. That'd be wonderful. Oh, thank you. I would love to do that. But, but see, I think with you, Augustine, that, that you tell the truth, and therefore nobody's going to be uh, negative with you. Or you're, you're out there just saying, hey, this is how it is. I know there's some things I did I shouldn't have done. This was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of this, whatever. You can talk to a human being like that, but if they're covering things yeah. up, you can tell. Exactly, exactly. I, I so funny because sometimes um, when I'm down in like the Bible Belt on a tour, mm-hmm. it's funny. Women, I've had this happen uh, multiple times enough that it stood out. I've had people tell me my husband would never want me to be, you know, to read one of your books, so I changed the covers. Oh, you know, what? I put on like a different, I put on a different my cover husband. on the front of the book which i think is funny but why oh i don't know you know (laughs) just you know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) if dan ever told me to not read a book i'd be like why don't you kiss my ass (laughs) exactly i'll read whatever i wish that's all there is to it Um, Augustine, do you think that, that holding a book now, I know a lot of people have their Kindles and all the rest of it, but holding yeah, a book right. for that me is huge. Everything. 
Yeah, and I don't like it. I like holding on to a book. I like, I just, uh-huh. we, we just flew uh, across the United States a couple of times here in the last week. And, and having that book in my hand to get on that airplane is something I, I, to this day, I just love it all these years later. I love having that book in my hand, sitting in my airplane yeah. seat and reading a book, man. It's great. I know. I feel the same way, and I accept I had a turning point. I can't mention the author because it would be too awful, but <laughs> super famous. Everyone worships her. You know, She takes like 85 years between books, and they're all huge, and I'm reading her gorgeously written book, and I get to the end, and I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no, that's not how it ends. <laughs> I did not just read oh, no, you're not doing that. <laughs> I was, like, ready to open the emergency door just so I could throw the book out. Wow. I was like, I am never going to get trapped on a book. This is never happening to me again. So that's when I started reading on my phone. Oh, you did that. And okay. All right. I got used to it, you know. I'm used to it now because you can um, bring lots of – and I did. I used to bring several books, but – now I can bring several more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. That's a very, very good point. You can bring a lot That's of books. That's one good thing. But it's true. But you know what? I also love the feel, like the weight and the pages and the book. Yep. So you actually know. These days you really often, too, you don't know what people are reading because they're on there, you know. So all these guys you see, it's so funny because I always think this, like all these guys walking around with shorts. And flip flops, you know, like that's the new guy uniform in public is like dude shorts, they're too long, cargo shorts, sandals, uh, rubber bracelet, you know, and you just know they're reading about like unicorns. They're reading reading romance novels. They totally are. They're reading Nora Roberts. And they're so happy that they can finally read Nora Roberts and no one knows. Yeah, my buddies don't have to know. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my buddies yeah. don't have to know. Uh, I keep a field and stream handy just in case. Yeah, just in case. I'm a guy's guy. That's all I am, a guy. <laughs> exactly. Augustine, I want to hear about Toil and Trouble, a memoir. All right. Well, you know, when I was um, um, a little kid, uh, it kind of started when I was eight, and I was on a school bus. Um, and I was coming home. We lived in a, on a dirt road, and there were two little two little bridges, little wooden little bridges, very small, because it was two creeks. But the bus would bump over them. And on the second bump, my grandmother's, my grandmother, Amma, her forehead, I saw her face in my, right, right, right in my face, you know, like a, like an image. And she had a big gash on her forehead. And I, I, I just knew something was really, really wrong with her. And I ran up the driveway and rang the doorbell and the mother answered it. She was on the phone which, of course, back then was attached to the cord, which was attached to the wall. So right. the phone was, like, stretched to the limits. And I was like, what happened to Alma? Something happened to Alma. Something bad happened to my grandmother. What, what, what? And she sort of got, said goodbye to the person on the phone, and she said, that was your Uncle Mercer. Your grandmother has just been in a car accident. Oh. She has a lacerated forehead and a punctured lung. But oh she's my. going to be okay. My God. And I said, she's going to be okay. And she said, yes. And then I said, mom, (laughs) how did I know? And then she got the strangest look on her face. (laughs) It was like this mixture of pride, surprise, um, mischief almost. and, And she just 
bent down to my level, put me in her arms, and she said, because you are my son. And she explained, do you know what a witch looks like? And I was like, yeah, like on the Wizard of Oz, like the dumb, blonde-haired witch I wish a house had fallen on, and the really cool witch who could train monkeys. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, yes, but no, actually that's not what a a witch looks like. Your grandmother, and your Aunt Curtis, and me, and you. And I was like, wait, what does this mean? So, the women and my mother, on my mother's side of the family, the women were, they were all really smart, and they were, uh, like, my grandmother was a Latin scholar, and my Aunt Curtis was a mathematician and a computer scientist who programmed a satellite. I think it was the first satellite we sent up. And these people were witches. So my mother taught me every day after school and this is before running with scissors people who've read running with scissors might remember my mother as being severely mentally ill just off the wall bonkers and that she was but before that she was um a completely different person so she was you know very 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 smart and creative so she would paint do her oil paintings and i would be, be there you know sort of watching and she would she taught me what what it what it is, and that um, her uh, view of it, of uh, her instruction, had stayed with me my whole life, and it's just sort of what how I've seen it. I believe I know I know that it is something that is uh, like a it's like a neurological it's a, it's in the brain. It's it's like okay, so you know how dogs can hear sounds in a very very high mm-hmm. register that we can't hear. So to us. Well, those sounds, they don't wake us up from sleep ever. Um, we don't hear them. And to us, they're actually not real. Those sounds don't exist. They're not part of the world. They're not real things, except we know they are. We just lack the, um, the sensory apparatus to hear those sounds. Witchcraft, I believe, is the same thing. And I believe that it is... Um, Something that either uh, all of us or many of us or perhaps just some of us have to greater or lesser degrees that people often call by a different name. You know, people might say, well, it's a woman's intuition or a powerful gut instinct or a really strong hunch. And I mean, I know people and I think, you know, people and maybe perhaps you yourself have experienced in your life a, a, mom, a moment when you've done something that was not technically rational, you know, like you, you haven't thought of somebody in, in 15 years and all of a sudden when you're, you know, fixing the car, changing the oil or cleaning or ironing or making dinner, you think all of a sudden, you know, you can see their face and mm-hmm. boom, that's happened. an hour later, they, they check up on you on Facebook. That's the kind of universal experience we've all had. You know, back when, you know, the telephone would ring. Sometimes it's like you knew who it was before you even picked it up, even if it was someone who didn't call regularly. Um, Or you've had a really bad feeling about someone that turns out they've, you know. So because I was raised to not only believe believe, trust that feeling, but to know that it was, really, really, really important thing. 
I uh, never dismissed it. I always paid attention to it and focused on it and um, developed it. So it's very strong in me. And I'm going to tell you something that's not in the book, but it's a perfect example. Um, so I, uh, my office, we live in a 200-year-old house in Connecticut. My office is in the attic. Um, and every morning you know, I wake up, I go downstairs to the kitchen, get coffee, and go back up to the attic and work. And so this, on this particular morning, ordinary morning, ordinary day, nothing out of the ordinary. I'm walking through the dining room and I, because I see almost like a, like a, a vertical line right through my field of vision. And I know it's knowledge that I may have trouble reaching the attic or there may be damage in the attic. Now, I have collected jewelry since I was a kid and, you know, I have some valuable things that I kept up there. So I just turned around and I walked upstairs to the attic and I packed all the jewelry and treasures and things into a black leather suitcase. I brought it downstairs, put it under the dining room table, went into the kitchen, got coffee, sat on the couch and heard an explosion and jumped off the couch as the last flew into the room. So what had happened was um, this enormous tree, also 200 years old, dropped a branch onto the top of the house, and half of the branch slid down onto the patio. The other half pendulumed in to the living room um, window, and it, put, it punched the window, right? Like, not just the glass, but the whole window frame and all punched it into the room. Mm. And I went upstairs to the attic, and it was fine. There was no um, damage, but... Everything on the side of the room that the branch hit, which was the side of the room where I had jewelry and everything of value, everything on that side of the room was now on the other side of the room. So <clears throat> this book contains lots of examples of things like that. And my life has been all a never-ending string of things like that. And that's how I know that it's, something real and i think back to when we first you know we're sort of like living in the cave and you know mother mother was with the children maybe at the in the cave or the hut or the homestead and um the mate was out and he was you know gathering food or hunting and let's just say let's imagine that bobcats you know cougars are sort of circling the camp she needs a way basically to text her, her husband and say, you got to get home right now. There's like a whole bunch of bobcats and they're kind of looking at me like I'm dinner. She needs a way to text him and tell him to get home and that would benefit our species. That would, that would help us stay alive. And you know what? We have that. We have that ability. I know we had it and we still have it. Some of us still have it. And it's like my mother used to say, um, we can't, a witch can't do anything that defies the laws of the the, the the laws of the universe. But we can do many, many, many things that people believe are against the laws of the universe because the laws of the universe are actually not understood. They're not fully understood. They're not really they're not very well understood at all. Um so it it's for me, you know, it's not really about a cauldron and a broom and a, and a pointy hat and <laughs> right. herbs. And there are a lot of witches, I think, that do love that kind of, do I love all the witchy things, but they don't really have anything to do with it. You know, they're sort of like, um, 
they're like, they're like leather seats in a car. They're optional. You don't really have to have them. <laughs> um, they're nice, though. The radio. They're nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, exactly. I really think of it as something that's more in the brain. It's a thing that's not, it's not yet discovered. And it's, um, it's, it's, I mean, it's just, I, it's, it's just been too much of my life. You know, now, now the coincidence is explained by this 1980s paper called The Law of Truly Large Numbers. That was written by a couple of statisticians, and they say, oh, you, you who think coincidence is important, don't understand numbers like we do, because we are mathematicians. So here, we will explain it to you. Of course, one day you're going to get on a plane and sit next to somebody who has the same name that you have. Maybe they're even from the same hometown, and it's going to feel significant and important, like perhaps this is a friend, but that, it's not significant, and it's not important. In fact, it's to be expected. What would be astonishing is if you never experienced that. And that's all fine and well, but the law truly large numbers doesn't explain as if, as if your life is a series of, of, of just constant coincidences. Monstrable significance. I mean, if I had not fucked up the valuable stuff in my attic like that, it would have been tossed across the room and damaged. Mm-hmm. Or you could I mean, have been over there. I have countless examples. Sorry? I said, or you could have even been over there on that side of the room. Exactly. So I really think that it's something that, um, it's, you know, it's witchcraft and witch. It's something that's just deeply, deeply misunderstood. People associate it with Satan, which it, it has nothing to do with Satan. People um, are scared of it because maybe they're Christian and they feel like, I'll, I'll go to hell for this. But it has nothing to do with any kind of God or any kind of worship at all. Um, I really believe it's much closer to having perfect pitch or, um, you know, I mean, it really is like a, a, a very powerful sort of sixth sense. It's, it's more related to hearing in the dog registry. Um, and it's, I mean, it's also, you know, making things happen with um, the mind. And by that, I mean, that's about extraordinary concentration and focus. You know, it's just a, a very, 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 very powerful focus. You know, um, and it's not focused to lift the car off the parking lot and turn it upside down. Right. You know, and it's not, it's not, I wish it were. Um, it, it's just, really more of a personal sort of <clears throat> achievement thing of getting what you want. And it doesn't mean you don't work for it, but it just means it's sort of the, the training, the focus is there. I mean, my mother was teaching me as a, as a child that, you know, it's, it's not you want anything, but you must instead focus and, and, and see in fact, that it just happened. That's why, at the height when I was at the height of my alcoholism, I was just a—I mean, I was an alcoholic in my twenties and thirties, and I was—I was really bad shape, you know, really, really, really bad. I had, you know, neurological damage and hallucinations and the whole nine yards. And mm-hmm. I knew I was dying from alcohol poisoning any at any point, 
Um, and one morning, one random day, I woke up and I started writing something and it was made me laugh. And I kept writing. And by the fourth day, I couldn't drink anymore because it was getting in the way of the writing. And <laughs> oh, there on you the go. seventh day, I finished a book. And I didn't know if it was a good book or a bad book, but I did know one thing. I'm going to do this for the rest of my life and I'm going to be published. And there was no doubt. There was no doubt I was going to be published. That was as certain as I've ever been about anything. Now, I didn't know if it would happen in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. And I certainly had no idea if, you know, I mean, I would sell one copy, but I knew it would happen. And it did happen. It happened in 12 months. And 12 months after that, or maybe it was 15 months after that, my face was on the cover of USA Today for a month. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's the focus. That's like the certainty that it would happen. Just, it was not within the realm of possibility that it wouldn't. So that's sort of how I have um, lived my life. And I was never going to talk about this. I was never going to write this book because one thing my mother said to me when I was a kid, which is true, was that, you know, witchcraft is not supernatural. It's the most natural thing there is. But it's private because people don't believe it's a real thing. It's the Halloween costume. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go around and you say, I do such and such was going to happen three days before it did, then I think you're insane, because that is supposed to be impossible. Um, so, because I was bullied so much in school, it didn't take much convincing for me to shut up and just I never told anybody. I mean, I've never told a soul. And boom, then I write a book about it. The book and is I hadn't cool. planned on it. The book is called Toil and Trouble, a memoir, Augustine Burroughs, B-U-R-R-O-U-G-H-S. Terrific. Augustine, I've never had a chance to to talk to you before. And after all these years, now 17, 18 years, as I said, I I saw your name on the docket today and thought this is going to be phenomenal. And uh, for once I was right. You were terrific. Augustine, thanks so much (laughs) for your time. I'll I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Take care. You too, sir. Augustine Burroughs, ladies and gentlemen, the book's called Toil and Trouble, a memoir. Uh, i got to read something to you. Augustine Burroughs, here's a partial list of things I don't believe in. God, the devil, heaven, hell, Bigfoot, ancient aliens, past lives, life after death, vampires, zombies, Reiki. What is Reiki? Oh, Reiki. Energy work. work. Yeah. Energy work. Like chakras and all that. Homeopathy, rolfing, and reflexology. Rolfing? Yeah. Rolfing. (laughs) Ralph Basham. Not not vomiting. What's rolfing? Rolfing is another way. I think they like pick you up and... and isn't it shake you around? Oh, that's not Shake you around. Something I thought like it was that. muscle manipulation. It's all it's all related. All right, we'll take a quick <laughs> break. Be right back. We got Brad Blanche yeah. in studio. The final segment coming up right after this with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
It's Tom telling you that you can lose an average of 26.2 pounds on the 40-day weight loss program powered by Nutramost. I lost 92.5 pounds in less than five months, thanks to the Sheehy Brothers and the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost. And I encourage you to let them help you lose weight as they teach you how to stay healthy and keep that weight off. Take it from me. Having a coach keeps you accountable and it makes achieving your goals so much easier. Let the Ultimate Wellness and Weight Loss Program powered by Nutramost help you. Schedule your immediate consultation or attend the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, August 19th at Jake's in Plymouth. Call now, 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337. Study data comes from client-submitted data to a third party for tracking of daily weight loss and progress through the Nutramost weight loss programs. See website for full disclaimer details. Well, we're going to wrap it up with Brad, and we still will, but he's pooping right now. So. Well, we don't know that. Yeah, he ran down there he with his cheeks clenched. Yeah, you're not sitting next to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he had to go to the loo. And you can start the clock whenever you want to, and we'll just go from there. That'll be good. when you leave the room. Thank you again to Augustine Burroughs, ladies and gentlemen, one of the best. If you've never read anything by Augustine Burroughs, you need to, because he's a very honest, very open about his sexuality, about his alcoholism, about everything. He's a really honest guy. And also, um, another reason I connected with him so well is his experience with his mother was much like mine with my father, except for, you know, she didn't get violent with him, but she, well, she, in her own way, she did. I read that book <clears> so <throat> long ago. I remember, Running with Scissors? Yeah, I remember bits and pieces of it. But it sounds yeah. like it's depressing. Well, it could be. Yeah, it was. It could be considered depressing. And he also didn't make himself look really nice no he did not <laughs> no. <laughs> he did. that's why i liked it so much because he was so honest yeah yeah i just i don't man i can't i can't believe he's on a speaking tour why he never has been before i don't think hasn't he ever toured not that i know of huh, huh. what did he say 12 10th <clears throat> book 10th book yep 10 Sur- books surprising his publisher would get let him get away with not <clears throat> touring well, I think, to tell you the truth, back 17 years ago, he intimidated the hell out of people because he was just too honest. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, maybe people have adjusted to it. So how did everything come out? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes. Great loo, great toilet. Yes. It's a great toilet. <laughs> yep, yep. No, Warm good. water. Yep. Soap. <laughs> good, good. I hope good. Good. Great studio. Soap. Yeah, so. That soap in Minnesota, yes. It's, it's great. Show you Shocking. how special my life is. Three great people, ladies and gentlemen. Augustine Burroughs, Kristen Bird, and Brad Blanks all in the same <laughs> what a day. Room. What a day. I can't believe I'm what up a with a day. New York Times bestselling author. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the bill. So yeah. when I was telling that story about the one bar that I bought at the airport. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. You know one bars, right? The little energy bars? Uh-huh. They're called one bars. I bought a Time magazine, which I have not read in about 30 years, a Time magazine, yep. and a one bar. So I'm on the plane, and I'm, I read the uh, Time uh, magazine from cover to cover in about 35 seconds because there's only about four yeah. pages in it. I mean, literally... The, I would be shocked if there were more than 20 yeah. pages in that Last magazine. Last time I looked at one, it's like a leaflet. <clears throat> so it's a like, leaflet now, it's yeah. It's like, like Vogue. Vogue, is yeah. that's a magazine you run it, read in 35 seconds. It's about uh, three-quarters inch thick, and it's all, just all pictures. All of, ads. Of, uh, all ads and pictures. All it is all ads, Beautiful yeah. women in beautiful clothes. Time magazine is nothing but politics, and it's all very, very slanted, and it's a, a leaflet now. 
It really is. It's not even a magazine anymore. And it's Sports Illustrated's Dilly Done too, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's done yeah. too. Yep. They fired yep. people the other day. Yep. Really? Absolutely. So the other thing about that was my one bar, I sit down in my, my airplane seat, and I'm going to have my one bar. I pick it up, turn it over. A one bar was $5. Wow. Did you savor it? Yeah. Yes, after I found out it was five dollars I did, absolutely. <laughs> he nibbled on nibbled, it. Five dollars. It has caffeine in it or what's what's what, it's what do you get? It's, like it's a protein it's a coconut bar. coconut flavored protein. Does it have C B D oil in it? Nope. Uh, well, then what are you paying for there? You know, that's that's I know. Airport convenience. Airport convenience, baby. Did yeah. it have Viagra in it? No? Mixed name. <laughs> Don't do that. That's an odd oh, job. Yeah. It's for the Mile High Club. Odd job, Brad. Odd job. Sorry. It's just for the people that, that want to join the Mile High Club. Try the one bar. You By do. myself? <laughs> Gee, thanks. That would have right, been a ball for me. Hey, I'll be right back. Like people have yeah. to hit the bathroom door. Yeah, come on! I mean, there's big cutbacks in Time Magazine. The toilets are smaller on airplanes now, oh, too. Oh, they so are, you too, couldn't man. You could fit two people in there. You'd be How all... do you stand yeah. up in an no, airplane I toilet? No, I, I, I use my head as my hands because I have to. As oh, you I, lean your head? That's I what I do. I head in there and I jack myself up and I use two hands, always two hands for beginners as I'm peeing in there. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Um, sometimes I use your shoulder and lock it in. I'm, sure. get, I'm getting sure. no visuals. Thank yeah. God. And I'm well, happy. And I'm happy. Because. <laughs> they have these the rounded now. The toilets yes. are rounded. Yeah, they are. So, yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, they know you. You need to back in. That's right. Yeah, back in. Like a horse pee. Yeah, a horse breeding. Sorry, horse breeding. Back Yeah, So, but 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 it's been great to be here. I've had a great time. I was sad on the baseball last night. It was sad. The Twins didn't. We're so used to it. Yeah, I know. But I want you guys. When you guys win a national championship in football or basketball or baseball, it's Going to be unbelievable. Yeah, it's going I mean, to be after a, 1991, the yeah. last time we did it. Yeah. Although the women's teams here do very yeah, well. They do well. The men's teams suck, but the women's yeah. teams are good. Yeah, it's a, and I'll be back and I'll support you guys. You know, you're my second town. You, this town's been good to me. So thank you. Thank you. I'm pumped. You know, it's um, always a pleasure. Yeah, it's wonderful. But, uh, uh, as I said, Tom, I've got to hurry up and finish that damn book. Because I want to be, I want to, I want to be interviewed by you. Well, how much yeah. time do you have? How much more do you have left to do? No, I've finished the book. It's a story of my first two years um, when I came to America with you know nothing, and it's a story of me. I finished it. I've just got to revise it and and clean it up and then get it out into the world. Um, it's a story about how I got the job on radio, how I then had to quickly change within the job, and then how I kept the job. So it's sort of that three-prong attack. I like of, it. And it's uh, a story of failure and me ending up. And it's up until when I meet my now wife. So it's two years. So I want to try and slip a couple of shagging stories in there. Uh, <laughs> Catherine would appreciate if I yeah. did that on the show. Yeah. Remember that one time, Catherine. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I made love to that beautiful woman from Brazil. Well, I'm talking about Tom, not, not me. Just, I don't know. <laughs> what? That no, was not a projection. That was personal. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, look at the time. You want to get back to that two hands part? Yeah, I need two, two hands. hands. Yeah. Two hands. Yeah. Yeah. Two hands. Yeah. Yeah. Two hands from beginners are two hands for real men. Gifted men. There you go. The gifted man, yeah, gifted man. like in Catherine's yeah, yeah, picture that yeah. she got. <laughs> and there won't be any shagging stories either, Catherine. Should we close with that? Because yeah. Brad hasn't heard that. The dick pic? The dick pic. Oh, did you do one and send it to Catherine? No, I did not do it. <laughs> I got, oh my I got God. a random dick pic. That would be gold. They okay. leaked. The oh. great, the top Bernard's fappening. <laughs> I'll open it. Catherine will close it. 
So she goes, God, this is weird. I said, what? She goes, I got a dick pic. I said, what? No. Apparently it's called airdropping. You can you yeah. airdrop them in. She goes, no, I got a dick one, pic. This was text message to me. And I said, what do you, from who? She goes, I have no idea who sent it to me. And I said, well, how do you know it's not me? She goes, oh, no, this is way too big. <laughs> <laughs> it's way too much. It was this big. It was this big. I didn't even know what it was at uh, first because it was so ginormous. Yeah, really good well, and I'm like, wait a minute, are those? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, are those yeah. two little testicles? <laughs> yeah. It's a dick. Oh, God. Yeah. Three words: Photoshop. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, oh, yeah. believe me, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. no. I got not. a dick pic this big. Yeah, this big. But how quick did she jump on? Oh no, it's way too big. Couldn't possibly be you. That's love. That's true. Oh. Boy, look at the time. Brad, always a great yeah, place to have you Thanks, Mike. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. Plus, there was waxing in this one. Cool. You don't do that. <laughs> There's waxing? It was Oh, they want you to see it everything, huh? It was all clean. Man, sleep. Yeah. I love how the sun is the mature one in the room. Yeah, well, isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.